the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Barton Simmons. I'm Chip Patterson, and we've got a new set of college football playoff rankings. That's right, the committee, they gathered together, they resorted. We've got some big changes to discuss, uh, including at number one, you've got LSU, Ohio State two, Clemson three, Georgia is your new four. We will get more to our takeaways from the top 10 and the top 25 in a little bit, as well as a week ahead, a look at the weekend ahead, Barton Simmons, we just got done crushing it on CBS Sports HQ. You can always watch on CBSSportsHQ.com. Uh, Tom Fernelli was with us too. Cover three from uh, about seven to eight. We were holding it down, breaking down our reactions. Uh, so be sure to check those out on CBSSportsHQ.com. We also had our normal sports line uh, lineup. So this is this has been a good day for the Cover Three boys uh, on uh, on the digital video space. Yeah, we were just talking about we've been we've been doing a lot of jabbering. Uh, you have done even more jabbering. We we did the sports line and the playoff show together, and I will say one one negative to doing the playoff show in real time is we don't get to react to the reactions of the Herb Street guys, and and so. That's one less layer of just discussion that we that gets removed from this. So sorry if we're missing some big talking point that they 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 hit on, but uh, I'll throw it back at you, Chip, because not only did we do the shows this evening together, but you had HQ hits at one and four. So what as the day has progressed, what is your most finely manicured, uh, finely trimmed and and perfected take of this second college football playoff release count the oklahoma sooners out at your own peril because uh the way that the way that things are lining up right now for oklahoma the sooners can put it on every opponent that's left on their schedule they may not that might that situation might not present itself but you know as i'm looking at the rankings now and we've got a Texas up in there. We've got an Oklahoma State up in there. We've got a Kansas State up in there. Baylor certainly already. You mentioned it on the show. Five of the top 25 are from a Big 12 conference that kind of gets overlooked because it's not real top heavy. But if the selection committee is going to put that much value on some of those middle tier Big 12 teams, I think that's uh, that's great for the Sooners because I think that I'm picking the Sooners um, over pretty much every one of their opponents. And when we start to talk about style points, I think that Oklahoma, based on the way that its offense performs, can put 
a style points pro- profile together that will be more impressive than Oregon's and that would be more impressive uh, than a Penn State that would be more impressive uh, certainly than a Georgia. So if we're looking at some of those, you know, Alabama exists in its own world right now, and I'm sure we're going to start to dissect them not only this week, but as the season winds down. So let's, let's sort of put Alabama off to the side. As I'm looking at the rest of that group, Oklahoma is the one team that not only can continue to stack up wins and pursue a conference championship, but I think can do so in an impressive manner that will catch – uh, the committee's attention. Yeah, that, that was one of my big takeaways too. Um, just that because in the brief little um, snippet of the actual playoff show that I saw before they started uh, calling on me to give my own opinions on the CVS HQ machine, the they, they acted surprised or semi-offended to see Oklahoma drop a spot and I guess but to me Oklahoma is a winner in this uh, because and we've been talking about how difficult the Big 12 is and it it gets a little bit underappreciated I think by casual observers because you are looking at a bunch of six and three teams and so I think the fact that a Texas win over Kansas State means not that Kansas State drops out, but that Kansas State is in and now Texas is in. And now you got Oklahoma State in as well. And oh yeah, Baylor's undefeated too. And there's some Big 12 wins that are, dare I say, quality remaining. You know, I, I had, in my just CBS rankings I turn in, I had Texas 24, Oklahoma State 25, Kansas State 26. So, you know, they are in that just sort of bubble area where you could sort of make them what you want to. And the committee seems to have decided that they are at least at this point, pretty quality opponents. And when Oklahoma drops a spot, don't you feel like they just kind of got passed by Minnesota because Mm Minnesota is undefeated and now with the quality win? Yeah. Yeah. But I guess then, so Minnesota passed them, um, but you could look at the close uh, the Iowa State scare might have penalized them more than it helped them so especially with Iowa State not in the top 25 either last week or this week yeah yeah and and, and I guess you know Penn State Oklahoma being the Penn State floor was 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 the other element there you know Penn State could have conceivably dropped below Oklahoma uh, but it didn't so that's where we are and and there's you know those teams still as, as is always the case have um, everything in front of them uh, for the most part. But I, but I think the one, the one I think really, because when we talk about Minnesota and where they're ranked and, you know, should they be eight, should they be higher, should they be whatever, it doesn't matter because if they be Iowa, Wisconsin, and Ohio State, they're in. So ultimately that doesn't matter. Ultimately it doesn't matter where Penn State is for the same reason. Ultimately it doesn't matter where Oklahoma is for a similar reason because they, they you know, they might need a little help, um, but, that, that you know, there's only so much they'll be able to do. But what did matter in this ranking, and where I was a little bit surprised, honestly, is where Alabama fell. And Alabama, Alabama being at five, Georgia being at four, were you surprised by that? Jerry Palm projected it. And all day, I was reacting to Jerry Palm's projections, and I was, you know, framing it within the context of how I saw the world 
acknowledging that, you know, Jerry Palm is, uh, he's, he's really good at this. It's sort of putting his finger on what the committee is going to value. I think that bait, not the, the final rankings, not what it should be at the end of the season, but if we are just going to adjust from the data that the committee gave us last week with its rankings, the results from the weekend and now reshuffle, I would have had Alabama ahead of Georgia. I think that Alabama looks better than Georgia. I think it's a little bit more impressive than Georgia. And I think that Georgia's got a little bit of a, a, a more quality resume, at least in terms of the strength of the wins. Now, if you want to talk about the value of the losses, losing to the team that is now the number one team in the country, LSU, by five with the banged up quarterback, certainly is a better loss than just no showing against South Carolina. But I had a another hunch. I stuck, you know, and we we took some time to uh, to feed ourselves because that is important to do as yeah. uh, as somewhat human beings that are here in the content machine. I and I just noticed that if you really want to get not conspiracy theorist, but at least try and 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 parse what's going on in Alabama, its premier elite non conference game was against Duke. And this isn't even a Duke team that is like 2013 Duke that's going to end up playing against Johnny Manziel and Texas A&M in the Peach Bowl at the end of the season. No, this is a Duke team where Quentin Harris is throwing for like less than 150 yards per game. And you compare that against a Georgia team that is, you know, had the Notre Dame game. It was a home game, but it was uh, a, a premier game. And I wonder if... As we're starting to to look at all these things, you know, LSU had the Texas game. That one was on the road. I wonder if when we come down to splitting hairs, the strength of schedule isn't as much a numerical ranking provided either by ESPN or CFB stats or whatever strength of schedule, maybe it's Sagarin, whatever strength of schedule ratings they are using on the data sheet for each team. What if it really is just a... It is giving a reward for teams that are willing to schedule aggressively in the non-con, and it's done as like a telegraph little bit by little bit. I saw the idea floated, and it is interesting to me to consider because if we are going to acknowledge that's what the committee is doing, it actually doesn't sit well with me because I don't think that the playoff rankings should be used as a time to send messages to how we think athletic directors and athletic departments should schedule yeah yeah and and how do we even know i mean how did alabama know that duke wasn't going to be a good version of duke uh they got they got lucky and uh daniel jones was born a year later than whenever they had scheduled this game then maybe it it would be a a quality win at this point so that and i don't I, i think that's a great um acknowledgement and and uh, that that you saw that I think is of note and and makes sense and I it wouldn't shock me but I I, I kind of hope that's not the approach they're taking because in the criteria and and, and I want to be clear too I don't think it's a travesty either way I'm not I don't think that Alabama is getting screwed at, at by being at five or, or that Georgia is some undeserving four I, I'm okay with whatever you want to go with but the point is you can just sort of spin it however you want to spin it. And I think you can make 
And I do think probably personally that Alabama would be still my four. I do think that Alabama it, it still strikes me as probably a little better than Georgia. And, and I think when you are looking at Alabama and this Georgia discussion and you're talking about, I mean, yeah, Georgia's played Florida and Notre Dame. Alabama hasn't really played anyone. But Alabama went on the road and blasted South Carolina just like they blasted everyone that's not LSU. And Georgia took South Carolina at home and lost to them. So, I mean, common opponents is allegedly part of the criteria. So, I think with that said, you could certainly make a strong, compelling case that Alabama lost to a team that was ranked above them, lost in close fashion with an injured quarterback, and they still should be four. But if they were – and and Fernelli said this on our playoff show – it almost feels like the, the playoff committee just wanted to prove to everyone that there is a penalty for losing. And so let's just, let's just show a little bit of, of force here. Let's show a little bit of, of discipline to this Alabama team and not just let them get away with whatever they want. And I, and I kind of think there's probably some human element to that where that's, there's some truth to that. So if either one of these teams loses again in the regular season out of the playoffs – 100%. No way back in, right? Right. Will Auburn be either one of these teams? Auburn at number 12, by the way. Is Auburn in, uh, is Auburn on the road against Alabama? No, no. The, both those games are at Jordan-Hare. I, think, I mean, don't you just kind of think they're going to beat some, one of them? Hell yeah. I, I could almost see... I, I almost feel like Auburn might be more equipped to beat Alabama than Georgia. Is that crazy? Am I just saying that without thinking about it? Because I guess I I, I think with Georgia because Georgia know, Georgia's defense is better, so Georgia's defense would cause more problems for Bo Nix than Alabama's defense. And if Auburn can put together long drives or at least drives that will help uh, its field position efforts then that changes things. Is that kind of the basis of it? Yeah, and, and I think, yeah, if you're going to just totally shut down Auburn's offense, then it's going to be hard for Auburn to win. And I think that's, uh, that's kind of what I expect Georgia to do. If Auburn can get some rhythm offensively and you can get that defensive front to chase uh, a, a Tua that isn't full speed, huh? who knows? But I, so I guess gun to the head is Auburn going to beat one of them uh, without making a, a, a official declaration of which one it is. I think probably I would say yes. I think so too. I mean, yeah, you get uh, last time we, we had this happen, it was 2017 and Auburn beat them both when they were both number one coming in. <laughs> it's, it's very, very possible uh, that Auburn could get it done. All right, filling in some of the rankings. Uh, we mentioned Georgia getting the four, Alabama at five, Oregon at six, Utah at seven, Minnesota eight, Penn State nine, Oklahoma ten, um, Florida, Auburn, Baylor, Wisconsin, Michigan is your 11 through 15, and then Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Memphis, Texas, Iowa at your 16 through 20, and then Boise State, Oklahoma State, Navy, Kansas State, and App State, Nears are back. So as we uh, 
where, where do you want to go next? I think the group of five is interesting and worth analyzing. And uh, I also would like to sort of take the temperature on where you're at with our, our Pac-12 front runners because we keep playing this game like both these teams are going to both finish the regular season without any more losses, get to the Pac-12 playoff, get to the Pac-12 championship game, both with one loss. The winner then becomes a very intriguing candidate. Um, well, I guess since I just introduced it, let's go there. Where's your confidence level right now that Oregon and Utah are both going to be able to make it to Levi Stadium without taking another loss? Because, man, it really feels like their uh, futures are very much intertwined you know, they need that, uh, they've kind of got that symbiotic relationship. They both not only need to win, but they need each other to win in order to keep those playoff chances uh, alive. So I'm thinking about this right now, and I and I don't know, and, and, and you're, you've got a better memory for this kind of stuff. I don't know if there's precedent for this or not, but as, as Oregon sits there behind Alabama, and if we assume LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson went out, and if we assume... LSU beats Georgia. Is can Oregon jump Alabama? I mean, without and let's assume Oregon doesn't just go and just totally boat race Utah in the in the in the championship game. Let's say two eleven and one teams meet in the Pac twelve championship game. Oregon wins by ten, and and Alabama runs through the rest of its schedule, which would include Auburn. Can, is Oregon capable? Does Oregon in any way control its own destiny or control its own fate in this exercise? So, the the wrinkle to this is uh, the boat race aspect, Be- right? Because the example is Ohio State, right? In 2014, and it wasn't an undefeated or one loss. Uh, Wisconsin team. It was a ten and two team, but a ten win Wisconsin team. And Ohio State won that game fifty nine to nothing. They jumped from number six on into number four. Because <sighs> I don't think Oregon has a boat race in it, especially well, it, against Utah. Right, but he, and 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 so I think he, if it did, if if that scenario played out, and Oregon does boat race Utah, and they beat them forty four to forty two to fourteen. And then I think I can't see a scenario if they beat Alabama. But if it just handles business, just wins the rest of the way, and wins in a championship game against a good Utah team, I I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how you can jump it over Alabama. And so for in in that wow. sense, Alabama. That's why I still think Alabama is in such great shape right now. And in some ways, I guess it. I mean. It would rather have won that game. I don't want to go down that route because, you know, if LSU loses in the SEC championship game, Alabama's is out. So it, it can't. It's it's things are out of its hands at this point. But I just don't. I don't think a, and and I think that puts the committee to a test with how much how important is conference championships, one of these one of these factors or metrics or um, you know decision points that they that they outline. You know, so what is that? And and I guess I can extend it further and say, yeah, you know, we talked about Oklahoma a little earlier. Talk about you know, you could throw Penn State in there. You can even throw Minnesota in there. You know, if Minnesota loses to Iowa and goes and beats Ohio, well, that's 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 a different scenario. Yeah, we keep any any fa- like there's this strength to Ohio State that prevents me from truly entertaining Minnesota or Penn State as a playoff team right now. When it because it's college football. 
And because we don't know some very important factors, like, I don't know what, when Chase Young's going to return to the lineup, uh, it is possible the Buckeyes lose, but Ohio State has been so good. Ohio State is the only, like, Ohio State is the team that, uh, aside from profile, has just looked like the best team. LSU has looked awesome against better teams. Ohio State has looked like the best team. So I'm not quite ready to entertain the idea that they're going to lose to Penn State or to Michigan or lose uh, to, in the Big Ten Championship game against Minnesota. But it's possible. And that's just like things break very, very quickly uh, against an Oregon or a Utah or maybe even against an Alabama then if the Big Ten suddenly becomes a little bit more interesting than just where Ohio State is uh, is, is holding, overlording over everybody. Well, and I, I guess the what this ultimately is going to boil down to, I think the committee is going to really be put to a test on what, you know, do they value conference championships? Um, because they're going to want, they're going to be tempted, to, they're going to want to put Alabama in. Alabama is probably going to look like a top four team. But if you're really going to value championships, Oregon's going to look like a good Pac-12 champion. And Oklahoma is probably going to look like a good Big 12 champion. And do you really are those really shutouts? So I, I, that, that's, I think that's going to be a really interesting story to follow. But all that, you know, that, that actually is, that assumes a lot of chalk that is is probably not actually going to come like play out. Yeah, we got three November weekends left. Someone's someone's taking an L somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Uh, further down the list, I uh, mentioned it. The group of five right now, our highest ranked group of five team is Cincinnati at seventeen, followed by Memphis at eighteen. By the way, those two teams play in the regular season finale and maybe might also then play the very next week in the American Athletic Conference Championship game. Boise State down at 21. Navy is a little bit light on some head-to-heads because they uh, they don't have it against Memphis. So if Memphis is tied with them for the AAC West, they would end up losing that. App State at 25. Is, uh, is, is the G5 race getting you going? Y- you feeling fired up about it? I tell you, man, it's a shame that App State ran into that nasty weather game against Georgia Southern because with two Power 5 wins and an undefeated schedule, uh, it, that that would be fun to see App State in there. And I don't think anyone would be you know, talking UCF kind of talk with them. But, but still, um, I think that would have been fun. I'd be, I, I'd be curious where they would be right now in these rankings. They still might not would be above – a Memphis or a Cincinnati, but they, they'd have a shot. So, uh, no, I mean, it's interesting. I think the other element that's interesting is uh, Mike Norvell. I mean, is he going to be at Florida State before the that, that conference championship game? Is Brian Harson going to be at Arkansas before his conference championship game? It, you know, I, the, there, there's just a lot of – is Ken Niamatololo going to be at Bandy before his championship game? I don't know. Like, I'm just saying, like, there's, there's a, a, a lot of um, – a lot of like coaching motivation and how focused can you be uh, through the the end of this season, uh, given what's on the line and 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 that this is a year where there's probably going to be some some group of five uh, promotions. Is is Brian Harson 
on the uh, on the watch list? Yeah, he because he coached at Arkansas State. Mm. Um, I mean, but that's the same reason that the people put Eli Drinkwitz on there. Yeah, but I think Brian Harson is much more proven. More, right. I mean, he's just he's. I mean, that would I think that would be a great hire, frankly, if they got Brian Harson. Um, but I, so, but I mean, he's obviously. I, I that, that's not to say he's some front runner, but I think he is on the he is on the watch list. Hmm. Muy interesante. Uh, coming up on the other side, we will take a look at some of the matchups ahead this weekend that are going to lead to the next shakeup in the college football playoff rankings. All that next. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So week 12 does give us some uh, some tasty tasty matchups that will uh that will help us continue to get a clear look at the picture uh we've got an sec on cbs double header that is uh which by the way you can watch on sec live as you've probably heard me talk about at some point somewhere you just go to cbssports.com slash sec live or look for sec live in the cbs sports mobile app those games both of them florida at missouri and georgia at auburn totally for free you don't need any fancy login you need no fancy trial uh you can watch it full game stream it's awesome so check it out cbssports.com cbs sports mobile app sec live so florida at Missouri certainly feels to me, Barton, like uh, we are we're trying to make Missouri happen. We have loved the not loved, but we have found great interest in the splits for the Missouri Tigers. Both they are their offense, their defense has been pretty good pretty much everywhere. But I mean, this team is five and zero at home, zero and four on the road hasn't played a home game in a long time. It's lost three straight, and yet it is just a touchdown underdog. Florida, they are you know, probably out of the SEC East title race, uh, not having that head-to-head tiebreaker with Georgia and already having two conference losses. This is their last SEC game that they're going to play. Everything seems to be shaping up for uh, Missouri to put up a fight here, and I think that 
the the ricochet effects of Florida potentially losing might not be all that strong. But if Florida wins and if Florida wins convincingly, I think that does have big time playoff implications, especially as it pertains to Georgia and also to LSU. So as as we're looking at what's going to be happening in Como, how uh, how are you feeling about this game? So then if they lose, do you think it has playoff implications? Not as much. If they lose to Missouri, do you think it it, uh, weakens Georgia's case? Uh, Does it weaken – who else's case would it weaken? LSU's case if LSU were to lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game? I don't think so because they both have better wins. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's – as much as anything, I'm I'm just sort of um, enamored, fascinated – uh, intrigued by what Missouri is going to do to close this thing out. This was always an odd season for Missouri. It was a team that was getting, it, it was like a, it was a hipster pick to, to make noise and go nine and three or something or 10 and two. And they started three, and zero. Oh. no, because it, oh, <laughs> no, it no, yeah, yeah. They, they started three, you know, in conference play. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's who it is. They, they've, I mean, this is the team that lost to Vanderbilt. This is the team that got blown out the last two weeks, Kentucky and Georgia, but this is still a team that it wouldn't shock me at all if it beats this Florida team, given the, the, the spot, the time, the place, the, you know, just sort of the, and this is a, in this a in this a game that's you know Missouri's had a lot of success with in recent years. One, two straight. Yeah. So uh I, I I'm just and Kelly Bryant's back, right? We believe so. He's been upgraded to probable. He is expected to play. So man, I don't know. This is just a this is a dangerous, dangerous spot for the Gators. Uh the second game, as we mentioned before, a little bit uh, before the break, Georgia going to play Auburn. You're you're riding with Georgia. Where's your level of confidence in it? Very low, and I and this will as we record this on Tuesday evening. This will definitively not be a lock because I absolutely even if Georgia wins or if Auburn, this is has the makings of a I don't know 1917 game or 21-20, or any number of like one to two point uh, variations of a win. And so I, I, I just have a hard time picking Bo Nix to beat Jake Fromm here. That's, um, I don't know, that's, maybe that's a little bit of a too much of a simplification. But I, I think defensively, like Georgia to, Georgia's defense to me, is one of the best, least talked about units in college football. Like I, I think no one is really acknowledging to the appropriate degree how good this Georgia defense is. And a defense that's that good, I just can't really see Auburn scoring a lot on it. And I don't think Georgia's going to be able to run up and down the field on Auburn either but is there a, a big play here or there? Is there DeAndre Swift getting loose once or twice? Uh, I think there's just enough good players on that Georgia offense to find something somewhere along the way. So maybe just the play for me is under when we when we talk locks, but 
no, I, I just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick this game, but I I, I am certainly would be scared to pick Auburn. Someone's gonna muff a punt in this game. Yeah, it's gonna be weird. And and Bo Nix is probably gonna throw an interception, and our touchdowns are probably just gonna come off turnovers. And you're right. You and know? that's exactly what this game is gonna be. <laughs> like, it's not even like why am I even bothering like discussing the quarterback play? It's gonna be a game about you know who who has a scoop and score or who has a uh, a ball slip out of their hand when they're throwing in a clean pocket or something you know just weird like that a blocked kick or something so i think that's i think that's a, exactly what this is gonna yeah be. like uh if if auburn scores any long touchdowns it's not going to be the well-executed play it's going to be that a georgia defender slips and anthony schwartz breaks free Right. Like it's just, and and I think that for all the different times that we look at some matchups and we're like, man, look at all the talent on this field. I think the level of talent right now in an Auburn Georgia football game is through the roof. Like you're yeah. just going to be looking out there, and it's going to be awesome seeing everybody fly around. But I mean, it's going to be the football game version of the Spider-Man meme. Like they're just both going to be relying on their defense, playing field position, a lot of punts. And then a muffed punt will set up one team for a touchdown. So then the other one's got to press a little more. Like it just, I, I can, I can see it unfold. The under is so sweaty for that very reason. Just knowing that you're one weird, bizarro mistake away from a touchdown that could greatly change your pace. I, I'm picking Auburn in this game, but I think it is one of the most fun games of the weekend for uh, all of the. I mean, these games have in, it's been what, 20 to 17. Like, Georgia's won the last two, and Georgia's won the last two. Like, they've been so called blowouts because it's 27 to 10. And so, even that is just like a, you know, slowly wear your opponent down kind of game. And, uh, and I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm picking Auburn. And if that does happen, I mean, you know, definitely changes our, our thoughts about Georgia and sort of the way that this is going to break. Probably is a good thing for Alabama if we're gonna look at it that way. But uh, but man, it's uh, it's a it's a solid little uh, three thirty p.m. Eastern time kickoff from Jordan Hare. Hey, did you see what Jake Fromm did uh, last week at Missouri or against or at home against Missouri? He was uh, pretty subpar, not subpar. He's pretty average, right? Uh, Thirteen of twenty nine. Yep, hundred seventy three yards. Might 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 be just bad enough for some message board poster to say, "I wish we had Justin Fields," or "Oh, Jake Fromm can't throw," or what whatever they found that had him motivated for that Florida game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they find that again, and Jake Fromm comes in with you know breathing fire and and picks this defense apart. I like I I like to thank Dog Nation. You know, I know. Even though I, about about half of y'all didn't even think Jake could throw a ball. <laughs> uh, I love that's my favorite storyline of the year. Uh, okay, we got Minnesota at Iowa, as we mentioned before. Um, where where are you digging in this? Where do you think this one's going to be decided? Yeah, I, I'm. I think. I mean, to me, this is a um, a great opportunity for PJ Fleck to to prove that he can be 
I mean, this is to me. This is a, I, I mean, not. I mean, this is obviously, I guess, a lot tougher spot for Minnesota to win this game than that Penn State game because the Penn State game was this is our moment. This is everything. Now they have to be the. Yeah, you know, they're they're not the Vegas favorite, but the, but they're the they're the top ten team going on the road has to deal with success, and so I'm just anxious to see how they deal with success. They've got good players. They're a good team. There's no doubt in that. It wasn't like a fluke, but I mean, good teams can 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 win games like last week. I think you know, great teams can deal with that success, and so. Uh, this is a phenomenal test because you know Iowa's not going to beat themselves. You know Iowa plays well at home. You know Iowa's going to be disciplined. They're going to make you earn it. And uh, I just think this is going to be – this is one of the – I think the game I'm I, I'm looking forward to as much as anything. I think it's going to be fun to watch these two just sort of grind it out. I think that Minnesota's got the better quarterback. Yeah, this whole Nate Stanley deal has been weird this year. It's been really weird, and it's been uh, it's been hurt by the fact that – Iowa doesn't really have a very good uh, sort of traditional ground game. So they've had to use a lot of the quick game and short pass to extend it. And he's, you know, just sort of like, just sort of throwing crossing routes a little bit. But they have, but they allegedly have a good offensive line. Allegedly. Allegedly. They have good perimeter receivers. Is, is, do, do we think that it is, uh, that this offensive line is not as good as alleged. They're not great at the middle, I guess. And uh, with the left tackle, is it Alaric Jackson? Mm-hmm. He, 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 you know, he's been been injured, and uh, when he came back, who was that against? He got kind of abused when he came back. Uh, was it? Was it? Uh, Maybe Penn State. It was. It might have been Penn State. Uh, let me think. No, it was uh, it was Michigan. Michigan, yeah, Michigan, and that's a it's a tough deal because uh, that that defense is really good too. But I, I just you know like this is can't can't figure this Wisconsin team out. You know they're not doing the things well that I thought they'd do, which would be protect the quarterback. You know, have some consistency in the run game. Um, this offense, like I would think, should be pretty good. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling like if if we're trying to continue to make Iowa be the I mean this is this right out of the Barton Simmons playbook. So like at some point at some point you just kind of are what you are, right? Right. And I Iowa just doesn't have a lot of great wins. It's got a lot of muck it up close losses, but when it comes time to get getting those winning plays, it sure seems like Tanner Morgan and Minnesota have a lot more confidence riding right now because while Minnesota did mess around with a bunch of opponents at the beginning of the schedule, and it's been it's been kind of clicking at another gear. Shame on me for continuing to doubt it, by the way. But uh, but I think I think that Minnesota can go into Kinnick and get a W. I mean that that will be a that'll be a strong statement. I I I think that would be fun to see nine and zero Minnesota. Where were they? Right, they're nine and zero now. Yeah, it'd be ten and zero. Ten and zero, Minnesota. Man, nuts. Uh, nuts. All right, we got Baylor uh, hosting Oklahoma. We there is a world where Baylor wins this. 
I've, you know, we kind of feel like I've got the spoiler alert into, into some of your response here. So let's, let's play it the other way. Do you, do you see Baylor is, is Baylor beating Oklahoma more or less likely than Minnesota beating Iowa? Uh, I think it's less likely agreed, right? Yeah. Um, and that's respect to Oklahoma. I still consider the Sooners higher in my sort of visual mental power rankings than number 10. Yeah. Um, I do think that Baylor is probably like everyone's looking at their sort of close wins. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking myself into it because usually when teams have close wins and you start, you start, you start pulling this whole like, Oh, they just know how to win. All oh, these guys, they just got something to them. And then, you know, you get to the end of the year and they actually play a good team. It's like, nah, those are just close wins because they weren't good enough to blow that team out. So I, I think Baylor is a really good team, but I think they probably lack the horsepower to to deal with, with what Oklahoma is going to throw at them. But, like, that's the thing about the Minnesota. Like, when you look at the Minnesota game, and I, this was part of my line when I – and uh, I may have used it on the reaction. I don't remember. But part of my line on, on how this was, like – not not shocking was Minnesota has pros and the pros made pro plays. Baylor does like it's Baylor and just a bunch of like you know Joe frat guy. I mean they they got pros there too. I mean they got James Lynch has been well they're old man. Matt Rule did that thing where we come in here we're gonna play our guys we're gonna be young we're gonna take our lumps and now they're experienced and they're seasoned and they're good in these crunch time moments. I mean, that's why they beat TCU. And, 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 I, and the way Matt rule recruits also is you are getting, like I said, it is imperative that you do red shirt, develop, take your time because he's getting raw or players, but what he's not sacrificing on and what he isn't compromising on is athleticism. He, so these guys, when the time is, is come for them to play, they are long. They are fast as, all get out and and they're and and they're really athletic and so you know, when they finally get on the field they're not just you know tough Texas kids or whatever they're they're, they're athletes and so I think that there's there will be like some people will be surprised to see I think maybe the way Baylor can like Baylor Baylor going to be like, just run out the building. I think they've got the athletes to, to hang. It's just a matter of uh, can they play? You know, can they can they get Baylor on? Can they get Oklahoma on their schedule, or is Oklahoma going to you know get get Baylor on theirs? Charlie Brewer doesn't uh, turn the ball over very much. That works in his favor. Baylor does a pretty good job of taking care of the ball. That's where I turn the spotlight back on my man Jalen Hurts, who has been a little bit loose from time to time. And I understand that if you've got the kind of offense that's averaging 9, 10 yards per play, you might be more uh, into a mindset of risk-taking. But can't do it against Baylor because Baylor's going to make you pay the way Kansas State did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I think Baylor is... like the, the Baylor does all the things well that... I mean, they can... They can limit the big play. They can run the ball well enough. They got 
guys that can keep you honest in the past game. They got a quarterback that's mobile. They do like they just do everything pretty good, and and so they can keep things honest on you. It really across the board, both sides of the ball. All right. So as we're uh, we're looking across the country, Texas at Iowa State, Michigan State at Michigan. Uh, I want to get really, really sloppy on Thursday and take Nebraska plus 14 and a half because I kind of think Wisconsin is backsliding a little. Um, what's what's catching your eye looking ahead to the weekend? It's funny you said that about Nebraska. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens on the locks, but that's – man, I, I just can't afford to play another Nebraska game. <laughs> <laughs> but that's – that does seem like – it just seems like the time, doesn't it? Yeah. And Wisconsin seems ripe to get got. It's <laughs> yeah. and that's the thing is I'm I think that I'm probably a little bit more comfortable pulling the trigger on this than you are because I'm not actually coming from it from a solely yeah. pro Nebraska like it is well, and you haven't gotten burned yet <laughs> so this is like this is your time to 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 test the waters see how it feels you know just just dip your toe in um, I I think that. Michigan might run it up on Michigan State, and that could be very problematic for the future of the Mark D'Antonio era. And D'Antonio's getting salty. Yeah, man. I don't know if he wants to deal with this anymore. <laughs> he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't need this. <laughs> that, you know, I'm uh, speaking of Big Ten. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued by Indiana, Penn State, seven and two. It's a seven and two Indiana. They uh, Penn State. Yeah, they, somebody remember on a. On, on an early mailbag episode said, could Indiana have, Oh no, no, wait, does Indy, has Indiana played Michigan yet? Is that they get, uh, Mich- Indiana gets Michigan right before they get Penn state right before Penn state plays Ohio state. And they get Michigan right before it plays Ohio state, the Michigan games at home. That's right. That's right. And, uh, so Mich- and they get Michigan It's right after Michigan state, right before Ohio state. So, they, I'm gonna say Indiana gets one of these two. No chance yeah. it gets both. But between Penn State and Michigan, I'm gonna say Indiana gets one. I think that's very, very possible. But though uh, Michael Penix is out for the year, I think, right? Their quarterback. And I know they got Peyton Ramsey behind him. Um, but that's I would feel better about them getting one of the two if Penix was back in because he was he was playing pretty good ball. Yeah, that is not insignificant for yeah. sure. Anything else from the uh, from the slate get your attention right now? Uh, how about um, I mean Navy Notre Dame Navy in the top twenty five? Um, Give me Navy against the spread and the under. Yeah, maybe, but I I do wonder. You know, Navy hadn't played a Power Five team all year. What if Notre Dame just rolls them? <laughs> I don't know if I so. Against Duke, and it was cold, and you know Notre Dame was able to just kind of you know, jump out to a 14-0 lead and protect it just a little bit. But it was a lot of Ian Book running, you know. Like if if there's a place where, as I'm dialing it up and I'm trying to figure out places where Notre Dame might be able to roll them, it kind of includes a vertical passing game, and not that Notre Dame would run the option, but I just kind of see this being a lot of. Uh, I think, I think that Ian Book's just been downgraded into like the least problematic aspects of his game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not an option quarterback, 
but he absolutely has the green light to take off running if his first read isn't there and he sees green grass. They have told him to take six. Do it's not. Always a, it's always a little concerning when a just maybe above average athlete is is suddenly like the like the quarterback scramble. Not even the design quarterback run, but the quarterback scramble is becoming a, a, a centerpiece in his game. Yeah. That's where That's, we are with the in book. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, be sure that you subscribe to the Cover Three podcast so that you can get the locks first. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Barton, thank you very much. Deserve. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.